Welcome to Conveyor on Learning and Development. I'm Jason Kelsky, your host, and today we're going to look at question three of a five-part series that we're doing on microlearning. And I'm going to dive right into the question because this is a little bit longer today. So instead of telling you all five of the questions, you can find those in the description. So let's jump right in. Question number three in the microlearning series is where should microlearning be used and who uses it? So to answer this question, we have to look again at the need of the culture or the business culture. So the question we might ask is, aside from searching for entertainment, you know, like Michael Scott memes, why do people log on? Is that even a word anymore? Log on? Why do people get in onto YouTube? Uh, why do they get onto Google? Why do they get into Stack Overflow, Wikipedia? And I recognize these aren't all of the uh, most expert of sources, but nonetheless, people are utilizing it for something other than entertainment. And so why do they get on? Well, remember the oil change example that I gave in the previous episodes? They're doing it because they're trying to find answers. So when you consider the oil change example, the question is, are people looking for the answer of how to change their oil so that they can become mechanics or so that they can get a job changing oil? Maybe in rare instances, yeah, but 99% of the time, no. People are searching for tutorials in order to get a quick solution, to do something right now. So these searches exist in order to get themselves out of a jam, or to save them money, or to sound smart when they're talking around the water cooler, uh, or to compare services, prices, products. So that's why people jump into tutorials. They're looking for a solution right now. Now that's not an exhaustive list, but it does show us again that people are wanting a solution. They're trying to solve a problem or a pain point. Now in business, most of these things occur at the point of sales. Uh, they happen in marketing, they happen in customer service, the places where you're trying to drive the DNA of your company, both internally and externally. So where you're trying to change, develop, or reinforce behaviors of your employees or of your clientele. So here's the interesting thing. If someone searches for how to change oil, and has access to a video every single time that she needs to change her oil, eventually she becomes an expert in changing oil. And that probably wasn't the intention initially, but when you do something over and over and over, you become a master of it. So she may not become a mechanic, but she can become an excellent oil changer. So if they know where to go to find a solution, then they're going to come back to that place to continue to find more solutions. So with regards to micro learning, this means that wherever you're trying to reinforce or create behaviors, you should use micro learning. Places specifically like training, whether it's sales or compliance training, onboarding and skill development. So while we're here, we do need to talk about skill development briefly in relation to micro learning. So I'll use an example of The Office, NBC's The Office. I, I know, hold on a moment. This means something. There's something important here. But uh, if you remember Daryl Philbin, he was played by uh, Craig Robinson, the you know great actor, uh, great character in the show. And in the TV show, he moved from being the warehouse foreman to becoming a vice president of athlete relations. And depending on which year you're watching it, it's either athlete or athlete. So how did he do this? 
He developed expertise as a warehouse foreman, which eventually translated into marketable skills. So if Dunder Mifflin had realized his potential sooner, they might not have lost him, and potentially they could have put him into a position that saved them some money. So it's clear that not everyone is going to be this successful, but imagine if you were able to identify talent within your ranks. The right type of training locates people with skills because the right people go looking for opportunities to advance themselves. Again, this is the beauty of micro-learning. What if you have a Daryl Philbin working for you right now, but he's down in the warehouse and he's Googling how to become a sales rep in his spare time because you don't have a way to teach him? Micro-learning can assist with this. So are you going to lose these gifted employees because you don't have information readily available for them? This is, again, a powerful byproduct of correctly implementing microlearning. So this is maybe why Craig Weiss, the CEO of findanlms.com, says, more than simply compliance and role-based training, you need skills-based training. That's what he said. By the way, uh, Daryl Philbin, while he's a fictional character, Ramona Hood is not. She had a position in FedEx that was a relatively low-level position, and she worked her way up to becoming a CEO. So uh, check her out. Uh, You'll see the link in the description of this video today. Uh, But now let's answer the question, who uses microlearning? Well, simply put, companies that have a high focus on developing people. Given the example that we've looked at of skills development, onboarding, everboarding, things of that nature, we ought to consider that microlearning is being used successfully by Fortune 500 companies, universities, international corporations, private businesses, thought leaders, influencers, and more. So if you look at any LMS online, you'll find that major corporations, major companies are using them. So although microlearning didn't necessarily make these companies profitable, You can guarantee that smart companies invest in methods to get their information to their people. Many of these methods include microlearning technology, and they're not using it for trending reasons. So I can hear you say maybe uh, they they have the resources. That's why they can use microlearning. That might be true, but... If you ask yourself a couple of questions, honest questions, you might get some you know, feedback and some direction. And these questions would include things like, are you currently paying people to do training within your ranks? Are you seeing a high turnover of people? How much money do you spend by losing somebody and then having to retrain a new person and then losing that person? What if you had better training systems in place? Would you continue to lose people? Would you continue to lose money training them? Do you know how much microlearning costs? Would you save money if you implemented it on the front end rather than retraining people after you lose them? What if your company had more resources because you were being more efficient? What would that look like for you? So here's what you need to consider. Long before they have the resources, successful companies develop or adopt processes that set them apart. I'll submit that if you wisely funnel information to your people and people to your information, resources are going to follow. This is where microlearning can help, and this is why we will talk about the process of microlearning in our next episode. The best practice? Your microlearning content should be used to create and reinforce behaviors in specific places like training, onboarding, everboarding, and skills development. Hey, if this episode was helpful for you, please like it, share it, let us know, shoot us an email, and uh, until next time, happy training. Happy training.